Hello and welcome to the VanCast. I'm your host, Graham Eels, and today we're with Tal. Tal, how you doing, buddy? I'm really good, thank you. How are you? I am doing well considering everything. We have the quarantine that's slowly diminishing, fading away. We can see the sun in the horizon. My gym's opening back up very <laughs> momentarily. They're having like stations and they're having sections of the day, but you know, I'm, I'm happy. I'm doing well. Sounds good. Awesome. So you are a musician and, uh, you, I was just wondering if you could take us on the journey of how you actually got into music, how it started with you. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess I all started when I was about five years old somewhere around there and I was signed up for piano lessons um, uh, just at home we had a big old grand piano stand-up grand piano and all me and my brothers were all trained on there and started out with those lessons um, I uh, I think I loved it uh, right away so went, went on to piano and then a few years after that I took some guitar lessons uh, when I was around eight or nine years old uh, that was way less successful I quit after a few months because it was not going well at all uh, uh, <laughs> yeah which which happens and uh, I, I, I did revisit the guitar a few years later and now I play it um, all the time um, but anyway yeah so after that I uh, I joined the uh, concert band at my elementary school in grade four so I was about eight or nine as well and I started I picked up the flute and I was the lead flute in my band for or in the school band for uh, three or four years and that's kind of when I you know started playing a lot more was playing that and piano and then in um grade six grade seven so i was about 12 13 years old maybe 11 even uh i started a band with a, a few friends from my from my uh elementary school uh, it was kind of a cute thing we would just pick some favorite covers of ours uh of bands that we liked and, and we would sing play and kind of learned how to be a band and learned what it was all about starting from there did you have a game i mean a name sorry um let's see so we went I think we definitely went a few years with no name it was kind of just we would meet up every Friday after school and play some music and then by about uh, probably about by the time we, we went out to high school we, we decided to name the band uh, Splitting Together because because um which you know in retrospect wasn't the best name but um because we were four band members and uh, two of us were going to one high school and two of us were going to a separate high school so we decided to go with that theme band name was us uh, splitting together it's kind of funny <laughs> yeah and it's 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 not a great name but it's the same band that i actually am currently in um so those four guys who were splitting together and then briefly uh renamed ourselves tablature and then we finally came to the name redshift um which we've stuck for for many years with now what positions do you have in your band so uh, we are a four-piece. Um, I play the bass, um, and we have a guitar lead guitar player, drum player, um, and then a lead singer slash keyboard slash synthesizer, um, kind of a jack of all trades. Uh, so a smaller smaller band. Um, those are the main the main parts that we have. And you have some vocals. Who's on the vocals? Yeah, so that's that's done by committee. We um, so two two singers, our guitar player and our keys player. They both generally sing um, the lead, and I'll do some backup. 
uh, occasionally. And I think I might actually be starting to get into some more of the lead singing on my own, um, which might come in future days. Uh, so, and even our drummer ha has sang in the past. So, so we're all capable, uh, whether that's for lead or for backup. Um, we're singing. We'd really toss that around. Are you on the um, platforms like Spotify or Apple Music, or how do people view your music? Yeah, so we don't have a lot um, recorded at the moment. We are on Bandcamp, uh, so Redshift. <laughs> oh, you know what? I should actually look that look up exactly what the, the link is here. Give me a second. It's all good. Um, Redshift. Yeah, okay, so, so it's redshiftvan.bandcamp.com. Tight. Um, and you also, and you obviously are performing as well throughout Vancouver. Yeah, exactly. So we, we, we focus heavily on the live stuff. Um, as so, as I said, on red, on red, uh, shift van Bandcamp, it's just a, a small EP. So just a few songs and then one single, uh, that we recorded three or four years ago now. So it's actually quite old. And we actually had a, a different lead singer at the time, a slightly different, um, uh, group, but, but core, the core, uh, people were the same. Uh, same three members and then now we're back to the four original members of the band so that yeah we have a few recordings but we do mostly focus on uh live live performances um uh playing around different venues in vancouver kind of providing for our followers and we do have a uh, plan on on some more recordings coming down soon actually do you also have a target audience that you're trying to perform for yeah, well, you know, the uh, the alternative rock or rock music scene in Vancouver is actually pretty strong. Uh, and so some bands have actually come to pretty good fame uh, from there, like just what comes to mind, like Peach Pit. Uh, so so like that kind of to serve the more uh, into the more alternative or rock, uh, the rock scene in Vancouver, which is generally, you know, anyone in between the age of 15 and 30, really, there's actually like a, a pretty diverse uh group of people that we that that you might see at a venue that we would play at or at one of our shows and yeah so we like to to, to play that kind of music and those are the mostly the people that we're uh looking to to come up to or to come out to our shows but we're always uh you know trying to be appealing to to everyone and i feel like most people can find something they like in our music yeah and and right now it's a struggling time because it's harder to connect with your fans how are you adjusting during the quarantine yeah, you can say that again. It's definitely uh, been difficult because, well, especially because uh, the way our band is is set up, that we we are all separate during the uh, school year because we're at university right now. Um, so summer is is where we do most of our gigs, where we record, where we really branch out and 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 produce most of our content for for the fans. So it's uh it's unfortunate that some opportunities are definitely going to be taken away. Um, now that being said, we. This year just started our social media presence, so we were posting pictures and clips of videos on um, on Instagram, and that's uh, that's kind of where you can keep up with with Redshift. Uh, yep. And uh, and uh, additionally, we're planning on recording just a couple songs soon, and working uh, really hard on just one or two songs so that we can put out a recording just to keep our fans interested uh, and to, and to produce some new content that people can listen to. So hopefully we'll be getting those out, uh, you know, in the next month or two. Yeah. All the, all the big musicians seem to be doing live because it's the only way to keep in touch with your, with your followers because people are just sitting at home. They're on their phones 24 seven. So you just got to keep them interacted, keeping them remembering that you're, you're going to be back and you're going to be 
back in tenfold and you're gonna because you have a lot of spare time now to create right yes you're you're probably writing and making music yeah definitely so a lot of really good ideas or pent-up ideas or, or even energy that that has been built up over this time just kind of sitting at home because a lot of the time you don't really get to you know see how those sound or work them out with your band members or and we often write uh as a band kind of kind of as a committee so someone might bring the uh core components of a song and then we'll kind of work on it together so it's 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 harder when you're all separate because you can't really you know use use your band members as a sounding board um so that being said we actually have met up just as a band uh at a public park uh even as recently as this week in my backyard uh and we just jammed to a few tunes tried out some things that some new things did some covers um just to kind of you know get that real feeling of being in a band again back because it's a very unique uh, special feeling and that you gotta get the chemistry back too yeah exactly and that's been taken away from us and i'm sure from all the other bands in this time so that's kind of one thing that you know we need to probably work a little bit harder on to to get that back back up do you also like to listen to rock or is it something you just can like to play yeah no that's my main genre that i that i listen to so starting from you know rock from the from the 1960s you know with the beatles the british invasion all the way up to newer alternative rock bands some local some of the bigger more popular ones that's that's really my go-to genre even though i am into a pretty wide variety of music but i'd say rock would be my main genre that i listen to so that's where i get most of my inspiration from as a fun little game that i play with the other musician that i had on if you were to design yourself a like celebrity band that you get to be a part of who who would the people be wow i have not put that's a great question well i would definitely take um paul mccartney because that's uh, probably my inspiration as you know as a musician as a bass player especially so that's uh that's kind of um a no-brainer uh for me there and then I'd probably pick, um, you know, one of the more skilled uh, guitar players out there that, that we've seen in rock and roll history, like maybe like a Jimmy Page, uh, if, if we could kind of make, getting be, having being able to mix, you know, some some Beatles with some Zeppelin would it would be would be really cool for me. Um, and then maybe, you know, add in like a blues musician there to to kind of sing with with some soul like like B.B. King or something <laughs> like that. So Paul McCartney, Jimmy Page, BB King, and if I could find a role in there, that that would that would be a fun thing. <laughs> that would be pretty sick. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, the quarantine has been honestly, it's been hectic. But once you get back into it, once everyone gets out there, people are gonna be just waiting to see shows. Yeah. What is something that you are just urging to do once this quarantine is over? Well, yeah, you know what? That so that's one of the things is is from a musician perspective is I cannot wait to play a live gig again. Uh, that's and I don't know if that's going to be a realistic um, option for the summer, but maybe we'll be able to do a smaller thing later on in the summer while things are slowly opening up. So I really can't wait to just you know get with a band, have be all set up with real equipment and and be able to just you know make people dance and sing along for for once because it's been it's been many months since we were able to do that. So that's from a band perspective. From a more personal perspective, I definitely just can't wait to, uh, you know, be able to see friends and go out for a beer and all and all that stuff. You know, like the the simple you know, stuff. No, like those restaurants that we have. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that, that foreign concept of of going and sitting down at a restaurant and like uh, having a drink. Oh exactly. my god. 
Honestly, yeah. people are still are doing it. Like I see people taking pictures and they're going to restaurants and things, but it's still a bit weird. It still feels a little premature. It's definitely yeah, and there's not many places open, so you know you're going to just a, one of those few places and and even like the vibe is just, you know, people are everyone's wearing masks. It's like you can tell that people are still a little on edge and uncomfortable and it's you kind of just miss the the especially now with the weather being so nice that we're coming into these summer months, you kind of just miss the the easy you know, laid back feeling of just grabbing a beer with friends and, and enjoying that. And I, I feel like that's just such an underrated thing that, that we all miss so much now. It's all about the no stress. Like yeah. I do it. I don't want to be like wearing a mask, stressing out that I'm going to get Corona while I'm trying to enjoy myself and have a beer. Yeah, I'm just, exactly. just going to wait. I'm going to hold off. Um, but you, have you seen the bike lanes and the beaches? Oh my God. Yeah. People are just gone insane. It's yeah. just, but at the same time, it's like, whatever, at least they're not inside cooped up going crazy. But yeah, and I think even like, like, especially in Vancouver, I think people are doing a pretty good job of even if they're going out, going to the beach of kind of sticking either with like their group or, or just on their own and making sure that there's space because I've been out to the beach a few times and I haven't had any, any trouble kind of finding my own little spot and, and, and keeping my distance. So because but yeah, it's, it's too, it's too nice out to pass up, you know, you, you don't want to just sit at home all day when you could you know, go out, go to a park, go to a beach, but you got to be safe about it. The news is also misrepresented it a little bit. Like they show, they show clips on like angles of the beach on the news. And then they showed, they showed this other clip with a drone that was going above and people Mm -hmm. were keeping the distance, but the way they showed it on the camera, on the news, it made it look like everyone's like packed together. So yeah, with no, like you can't really tell the depth, but yeah, from what I've seen, people have done pretty good job of you know keeping the distance and i think that's being reflected in you know we're seeing in bc the lowish number of cases the numbers don't lie and yeah exactly it's really low and can and you got to look compared to the world we're doing fantastic we're we're coasting to be honest like yeah. i'm worried about like what am, what kind of stir fry am i gonna have for dinner tonight <laughs> you know like yeah i'm we not could... worried at all to be honest like about corona like i know everyone around me is taking the proper precautions we're all in this together and it's smooth sailing, but you see, you see places like the United States, man. It's like they're they're not on the same page. No, no, it, yeah, that's hard to watch when you see these people just, you know, protesting or just or just these packed. Like I was looking on my Snapchat story the other day, and these packed, packed like lake in Missouri, and they're just an absolute party, and it's just like I don't understand. Do these people not see what's happening around them and around the country and? like in New York and it's so yeah that that's kind of scary but it's really nice that here at least it really feels like everyone's on the same team yes and it's we we have had a couple protesters but in the general scheme of things they're like nothing they're a very small percentage of yeah. our population it's, yeah nothing nothing too serious for sure nothing and I think, too serious you know it's fair that if people people want to express their their dissent or whatever that's fine but as long you know it's just it's just nice to see that at least here it's not such a large part of the population and and have you like some of the interviews they have with them? It's just like they're they're like they're they're talking to them and they just act like I just want to get a burger. You know, <laughs> I haven't been able to go outside and get me my double stacker and cheese. <laughs> I can't handle this shit. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. It's like come on, have some 
you know, have some force. It's like, what? It's about like someone that, else. That is like the definition of privilege. Well, yeah, that just goes to show you the, the amount of privilege that's going on in, in North America at the time. It's like people can't get a haircut for a couple months and they think that they're being oppressed. And it's just yeah. like, <laughs> have some perspective. Like, jeez. It's like also just like you got to look at times like the Great Depression when it was a serious economic collapse. Yeah. This is nothing. It's like, yes, it sucks. Yes, you have to stay at home and save your money you can't go buy your pizza and do whatever the fuck mm-hmm. you want you got to be smart yes and if but, you do the right things hopefully like we can recover faster right so and we are doing the right low. things and we are recovering fast and yeah. th- but the sad thing is if we were on point from day one like if we started these restrictions day one we would be already out of this sure yeah but it's just there's so much struggle and i guess you know everyone's allowed to have their opinion and everyone's so s- there's always people are so sensitive and it just gets to a point of, oh, like, oh, just let me go outside. Let me do my thing. Like, oh, oh, come on. Just let me do what I need to do. It's just like we're in a democracy together. You know, we've decided to live in a democracy, which means mm-hmm. that when we as a whole have decided this is unsafe and we're going to act in this way, we got to follow suit. Yeah, like we're asking, you know, we're trying to protect ourselves and our neighbors. It, it's it's a team game for sure. And and it only works if, if if enough people buy in. And it's kind of funny with the anti the anti vaxxers are pretty quiet right now. <laughs> <laughs> just wait though, just wait a year. I'm sure there's gonna be a whole thing about vaccine and who's taking it, who's not taking it, and the anti vaxxers I'm sure will have their day. <laughs> It, okay, back to uh, back to a brighter <laughs> yeah, note. Sure. Back to a brighter note. Um, playing music, you must have a couple places you love to go in Vancouver to listen to music when it's your it's your night off. Yeah. So um, I well, so I, I I really like to support bands that are, are that are kind of in the same uh, world that we are. So you know they're not they're not booking you know, 10,000 people or even, even five or 2000 people. It's, it's much smaller venues. So places that I've played that I would, that I will go to on, on any given Saturday night, like the railway club, um, downtown, uh, it's a fantastic spot. They host a wide variety of different types of local bands. Uh, it doesn't really matter what the genre is and you can always probably find a, uh, a good tune or two there. Um, as well as, um, the, the Roxy actually, they, during the weekdays, I have to give them a lot of props for that. They will pretty much give the stage to the most, like the most random bands, and you can go there. And if you if you get lucky, you can find such an awesome, unique sound from from a group of people. And they really like don't discriminate um, based on based on the genre or based on or based on what this band has to offer. So that's a spot that I will often go to on a Thursday night um, to see what uh, to see just what you know the local. The local bands are doing and and i i really like to support in with that community because obviously i appreciate it when people pay me the, the same kind of support so you know those places smaller places um i always find uh are have you know something unique something interesting and, and a lot of talented people i honestly I, I see live music is it's not dying but you don't see it as as often yet like an, a live band playing 
at a place. Like that's one of my favorite things to do is have some food and just listen to a band. Yeah, for sure. It's 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 definitely not something that you're kind of like going to stumble upon just walking down the street and going into a restaurant. Yeah. That that's definitely yeah. of a more dying breed. So you have to know which places and what days of the week they put on their shows and and what bands they 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 have. And and in Vancouver, it's you know there's not an unlimited supply, but there's a there's definitely a good few spots um, uh, that that keep keep a steady lineup of local bands. And and because yeah, I, like you said. It's there's nothing better than you know when you go to a bar and you and you're you're having a beer and then you just hear this awesome sound in this band that you've never heard before and you're like wow that's actually really awesome and you look them up and kind of grow your repertoire just from that so yeah that that's definitely an underrated thing and it's it's a little rare in the city for sure. Also, Victoria is a great place for live music. Yeah. Um, my dad lives there and it's like every single night it could be a freaking like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday there'll be live music somewhere. It's amazing. Yeah. It's yeah, like, my um, the bass, the sorry, the guitar player in my in my band goes to Uvic, and he uh, he plays live shows there all throughout the school year. And we're at, we were actually planning on playing Redshift. We were actually planning on doing a gig in in April, and then this whole coronavirus started, and we had to we had to cancel that. But yes, I've heard. I've never actually uh, I've been to Victoria like once or twice, uh, but I've never really checked out the music scene. But I am aware that it's. It is quite uh, uh, lively, and I was looking forward to playing there, but that didn't happen, unfortunately. Well, when you do go, check out the Barden Banker. It's a uh, it's a cool little spot. They have live music. It's like the 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 way it's decorated is so like old fashioned with like the candlesticks and the lights. It's so cool. That's really it's cool. Super cool. It's like a bunch of brass and stuff. So it's a cool environment. I suggest you check that out. Um, if you were to Let's say you see yourself in five years. What's the most ideal situation for you and your band? Well, um, so being honest, obviously I'm pursuing a career while also playing in a band. So there's there's a, probably a limit to the amount of fame or, or, or busyness that, that that I could really sustain with our band. That being said, if if in five years we had you know a couple albums uh, under our belt recorded. Uh, and maybe a, a small tour, you know, a small West Coast, Coast tour that I could say I took part in, that would be, you know, probably like a best case scenario um, for our band. If we, if we could, you know, drive up, we could do Victoria, Vancouver, and then, may, you know, maybe hit Seattle and Portland. And I feel like that would be an absolute blast. And that's definitely a dream of mine, just to tour for a bit um, or, you know, maybe even headline for, for, for a bigger band. Um, and, you know, that being said, the absolute best case scenario is probably writing one song that the world falls in love with, being a one-hit wonder. And, and, and retiring. Alive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, maybe buying a farm or something. <laughs> I feel that. Yeah. What What is your main career? So I'm an engineering student right now. So I'm planning on being an engineer. Uh, don't plan on ever stopping to play music. But uh, when it comes to, you know, really pursuing it as a career, I, I, I love my band. But, uh, you know some point there might have to be some decisions uh made not that i'm putting an end to anything uh, at this point I, I love playing in a band and as long as i can i plan to to play well it's all about that secondary income these days you can't just have one income exactly it's you a gotta have two gig economy know? and if i can you know work a day job as an engineer and then go and rock a show on a saturday night i will That's never, the never complain about that exactly That's the fucking life yeah. what type of engineering are you into environmental is uh is my degree so what does that consist of so that's 
Um, it's a very broad subject, but what I generally say is that it's kind of engineering at the interface between civilization, human civilization, and nature. Uh, so that has to do with you know any of the resource that that humanity needs, or or, or uh, you know managing our water systems. So that's you know drinking water treatment, wastewater, um, managing our so managing our waste, managing our, our resources, resource extraction, um, really kind of finding sustainable solutions to big problems that face civilization uh, and then mixed with the environment uh, and that has from from a, a small scale as like potentially you know engineering a stream a dam in a stream or, or an energy project or larger scale you know uh, climate change based solutions so what it, what is a good sustainable use of energy or so, form yeah. of energy so sustainable energy is uh, something that I'm definitely passionate about and I've learned a lot about. Um, so for example, uh, in BC here, we have hydroelectricity. So most of, or pretty much all of the electricity that we use in Vancouver just comes from dams and the rivers. And those Which are- Which is a great way. Yeah, so it's, it's awesome because we're not burning fossil fuels. We're not producing any carbon dioxide to produce all of our electricity. So, you know, that's that's something which is great is that being in BC is we have such- such awesome nature and such great tools that were, that I'm able to learn about. So I feel like I'm very lucky to be able to study here um, like that. And then, you know, the, the future of sustainable energy is very exciting because solar energy, wind energy, they're absolutely exploding. Um, hopefully some point in the future, tidal energy uh, will be a thing, which is harnessing the energy from, from tides and waves um, wow. on, our coast, on our coastlines, which is not uh, a widely done thing right now. It's pretty much just a, a prototype but uh, I would expect that to be coming down the pipeline um, in years to come. There's a lot of exciting, uh, a lot of exciting sustainable energy solutions uh, coming in, in in the in the future. Have you heard of nuclear fusion reactors or something? Yeah. Like so, yeah. So nuclear, in my opinion, is going to be kind of like the the final um, step to really solving our, our our energy problems as a society because once we can nailed down nuclear fusion we don't really have a limit on energy um because it's just such a it's, it's such so an efficient massive. way it's, yeah it's just such a powerful process yeah. um and, and i mean it's essentially just creating a sun right so yeah. um so it once we can figure that out i feel like that'll solve so many of our problems and so many of our problems today do come from from energy crises and, and energy conflicts and 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 you know a lot of our Poverty and inequality in the world also comes from unequal access to energy. So I, so nuclear to me is a going to be a very important tool as well for solving. Uh, Imagine being able to to have the entire world lit from one device. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be pretty crazy, <laughs> that would be or at least or at least from one energy. But or, yeah. you know, I don't I don't think that's ever going to happen. I, I think that any energy solution is going to be depending on where you are. Certain things work and certain things don't. So you know. Remote, less developed places are not going to be able to sustain a big nuclear energy plant just because it requires a lot of trained uh, staff and individuals. So, but that being said, so you know, but but you can also, but you could set up a solar farm in the most remote remote hot places, and you know those can last and and, and produce completely clean energy. So, I think that'll what we're going to see in the years to come are, are smaller scale energy solutions depending on on where you are in the world. So you care about the environment. Yeah. That's that's pretty sick, you know. I everyone cares about, a lot of people care about the environment, but not a lot of people have a career in designing helpful things for the environment. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I feel very lucky to uh, be able to work in a field where I get to, yeah, come up with solutions, study study problems, and 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 really work with uh, environmental problem solving is essentially the biggest passion of mine. So, so yeah, I, I feel very lucky to be in that field. For just like a fun sort of exercise, what do you think is the biggest environmental factor affecting the world or humanity? Well, so based on the data, pretty much the biggest problem facing humanity right now or based uh, or specific to climate change is the uh, amount of carbon in the atmosphere. Um, So fossil fuels, when you burn them, they produce carbon dioxide and that gets trapped in the atmosphere um, and it pretty much just heats the earth. Uh, so that's so that's the cause of 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 most of climate change. And so, given that that is the problem, I'd say that the most important solution and the kind of the most exciting solution um, that we need to look for is ways to manage uh, and even reduce the amount of carbon that we're putting that we're putting into the atmosphere and actually being able to take out uh, carbon and carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. So carbon capture uh, and storage is is a is a super important and very exciting technology um, that I, you know, hopefully might, may, may work in in the future or at least can, uh, can be up to date with because I find it very, very exciting. And it's clearly going to be very important. And it's also a lot of the fossil fuels comes from the mass production of animals, right? Yeah, like, that's like correct. They're all, they're all together. They're all jumped together and cows farting or what have you. But also, not only does it infect the environment that way, as in affecting the ozone layer, but it also inf- uh, it infects when it comes to viruses and diseases like the coronavirus, because you have these animals tightly together where it is like a breeding ground for these viruses. Uh, yeah, so that, that that's definitely a... If we, if we stopped eating meat, we could probably uh, reduce our risk of of contracting these new scary viruses uh, significantly. And even even animals that we have been eating for a very, very long time, like chicken and beef, you know, we still get mad cow disease and salmonella and stuff like that. So yes, for sure, uh, there's a health there's a health uh, health part to it. And interestingly enough, um, as well, is, is that for specific to coronaviruses, it's been pretty much shown that uh, the ambient air quality of where you live uh, actually really affects your um, your ability to recover from from coronavirus so that pretty much air pollution is a pre pre-existing condition for the virus so the so these large-scale manufacturing processes these large plants if you're if you're in a place that's run, you know running a bunch of coal plants and these big processing farms uh, even for meat that, that actually can contribute to making coronavirus worse um, so yeah it's definitely all connected do you think that maybe in the future, in 10, 15 years, because Canada is a fairly newer place and we're not as infected by pollution and we have a lot of water and we have a lot of space, do you think those sort of things will become more valuable in the in the years to come? I think that, yeah, that, that really pristine nature is, you know, that it, it's going away and not, and there, there is, you know, pristine nature to be found all over the world but yes i think canada we do have almost you know a monopoly on on clean water and then i think that and we give be, it away for nothing yeah we do and i don't see how that's going to be a, a feasible thing to do into the future that being said i am not 
as much in the camp that thinks you know we're going to completely run out of water and and there's going to be wars fought over it because i i do think that there are more realistic technological solutions like like desalination for example um um so i so while it's important and yeah i think that canada will maybe be put into a part a, a certain position of power just from our our access to to clean water um and other forms of, of clean, you know, untouched nature. I, I think that that will have implications in the future. However, I don't think it's going to be, you know, as catastrophic as a situation as maybe some people predict. I, I fully agree. I don't think it's going to cause a war. I think it's just going to be more valuable. You yeah, know, it's going to be more more valuable, like the gold of its time. It'll be like very trading water will be you'll get a good amount of shit for your water instead of just giving it to the united states for nothing just yeah. handing it over to them just like take it why not yeah i mean we're already seeing that right like in california when they have these droughts it's like that that that, that is affecting the economics of, of water and, and and you know you're seeing these these cities putting in like hundreds of millions of dollars into desalination plants stuff like that so so yes definitely if it's going to become more valuable that is going to be a position of, of of power and you'll see places like arizona where gl- the world's heating up like global warming that's a thing and if you started as hot as arizona yeah. like think like it's already a desert now, yeah it's already a desert so places like we're going to be chilling in vancouver like san diego we're going to have like this nice like warm temperature <laughs> meanwhile arizona is like setting on fire bursting into flames yeah. from the heat oh my god it's, yeah, gonna, it's the, gonna be wild and the wildfires you know are gonna be even more common and yeah it's funny how in 2020 it's like everyone's already forgot about the australian fires because it's been so fucking hectic yeah even though that's just absolutely decimated it's like fully bush, decimated yeah. a entire ecosystem and just like just went up into flame it's insane yeah yeah and that's just you know par for the course now stuff like that is just increasingly common uh as we move into the future okay man well it was sick having you on i really appreciate you coming out to finish this off just shout out anything you would like to shout out you don't have to spell it out i'll put it in the description uh, okay well you know what i guess since we're on the top of our band i'll shout out uh my band redshift uh redshiftfan.bandcamp.com or and and then redshift on redshift vancouver on instagram and i'll also shout out uh my actual bandmates so Adam Swartz uh, is a very talented guitar player, uh, and you can find him playing playing the clubs in 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 Victoria during the, the the school year, and hopefully in Vancouver in the summer months. Uh, Benjamin Milliman, he's our keys and very talented singer and synth player, and he's a he's also a jazz musician, so uh, he's doing a lot of cool stuff. You can find him at Benjamin Milliman Music, um, doing a lot of cool things, and our very talented uh, drum player Josh Bugis. So uh, just to shout out some love for the, for the boys in the band. Respect, my man. Thanks for everybody listening and have a good day. Peace out. Thank you.